0: Good morning, Survivors, and welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Dr. Rosalind Clark, here today with Max O'Brien, and it's day 1,426 since we came back on the air. Any news from you today, Max?
1: We lost another resident who had been living in Amaria. They'd been here for several weeks, and I was hoping they'd decide to stay, but they told me this morning that they had to move on.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, Max. I know it upsets you when people move on, but look at it this way. There's an opening now.
1: We were already at less than half occupancy. There's lots of openings. And that's just the rooms that are actually habitable now. If you include all the ones that we're still working on, then it's even lower.
0: Okay, none of this down-in-the-dump stuff. We've talked about this, both on the air and off. This is progress. You can't just say, build it and they will come. It's going to take time for people to get used to the idea of communities again. We all had a major trauma when the zombie horde Medusa came through and wiped everything out. It made people believe that maybe nothing could be permanent in this world, and they've reacted accordingly. I know, I know. It's just...
1: this is important. And not just for my ego, although I'll confess that there's a little bit of that riding on this, too. We've needed a support community for the station for a while now. I had hoped that would be Fiddleback Hollow, but as you've pointed out to me, they've made their wishes very clear. Christine Easterland doesn't mince words with her threats. She's like the Professor Umbridge of post-apocalyptic communities.
0: I'm glad to hear that you've set aside your obsession with Fiddleback Hollow. As for Moria, I would still advise you not to worry about it. Communities are living things, and their lives don't always work out the way we think they will or want them to. I mean, think about the Cuckoo Tenny Trapilia culture.
1: I'd be glad to think of them as soon as you tell me who they were, because I've never heard of them.
0: Actually, that's not surprising. The only reason I know about them is because I used to know an archaeologist who was fascinated by them. She told me about them, and I thought it was interesting enough to do a little reading, although I certainly didn't become an expert. So who were they? They were a Neolithic culture that existed from approximately... 5500 to 2750 BCE. They had a pretty broad range that included the Carpathian Mountains and large sections of what we would call Ukraine and Romania today. Their culture was very robust for the time and they had cities that were as big or maybe even bigger than some Sumerian cities that they predated by at least 500 years.
1: They sound like they were pretty cool. But why would I think about them in this context, though?
0: They had an interesting, well, I don't know if ritual is the right word, but maybe practice. Every 60 to 80 years, they would burn down houses and settlements within their cities and then rebuild them. In many cases, exactly as they were before, as far as we can tell. One settlement showed 13 levels that had been constructed on top of each other over many years. That is interesting, but
1: why would they do that? I would imagine that construction in that time period wasn't very easy. Why would they intentionally burn it down and build it again?
0: Ultimately, nobody knows, but there are a few theories. The one that I think is most relevant to the discussion we're having today is that they may have seen those houses as kind of like a living entity. Think about it like this. We've turned the station into our home. We could easily move somewhere else, like into the dorms ourselves, but we choose to stay here. Why is that?
1: Because we've formed an emotional attachment to the building. We've made memories here, shared experiences. It's... Uh, we've turned it into something besides just the station. It's kind of part of
0: us. Exactly. Now, imagine that you built the station, so now the bond is even stronger. We have a tradition today that we build things to pass on to those who are left behind when we're gone. But what if they didn't have that tradition? This is purely speculative, but a 60 to 80 year span... That's not that far outside of a normal human life expectancy. What if they thought that when the Builder passed on, it was time for the entire structure to start over? A cycle of birth and death.
1: So, are you saying that I should burn the dorms of Amoria down and start over?
0: No, of course not. I'm just using this example to emphasize the fact that communities and settlements and houses can have lives of their own, sometimes linked with ours, sometimes independently. And just as I can have influence on your life, I can't control what you do or when you do it. The same thing is true of Amoria. You can influence it, but ultimately, it's going to do what it wants to do. That's
1: an interesting perspective. I'll, I'll give that some thought. I still have hopes and dreams for the place, though.
0: And there's nothing wrong with that. We just have to adjust our expectations so we can be better prepared for what might come later. That's all.
1: Thanks for this very interesting bit of history today, Dr. Clark. Did we have anything else we wanted to cover?
0: No, I think that's it for today. Let's go assess our living community, shall we?
1: For Mercury, a broadcast of hope, this has been Max O'Brien and Dr. Rosalind Clark. Take care of each other.